Nicholas is trying to pick up Pierre. Don't spook him. <gasps> oh my god, no! He's okay, he's okay. How are you gonna pick him up? He's running around on the floor! He's, we got it. Where? We have the ability to influence and shape the lives of people with the things we say, how we act, and the choices we make with it. Synagogue and OBGYN office, Labia Menorah, Nicholas Santos. And I'm your busty lunch lady who probably killed her ex-husband, Haley Hart. And I'm a seasick pirate who only steals glances, Cece Iceberg. <laughs> Dude, welcome to episode 12 of OG Influencers. Um, that's really truly who we are in, in real life. And we're mm-hmm. visited by my cousin, Nicholas. Hello, hello, hello. He's our special guest. Welcome, he has Nicholas. almost nothing to say, but he does have a great, he has a lot of opinions. He's got a great attitude. Oh, that's debatable. We love um, that here on OG Influencers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we love a good rambling motherfucker. Yeah, I love it. I'm here all One of us. <laughs> um, This is episode 12. I think I already fucking said that. I'm Haley, mm-hmm. um, and that's Cece. And this is Nick. We already said that too. Um, Cece has bangs now. I do have bangs really now. This is a podcast, but Cece looks amazing. All you <laughs> like, just imagine the most beautiful person with bangs in the world, and that is Cece. Like, oh honestly, I've never seen anyone. Rock I'm clutching bangs my better. pearls. If you guys like Cece's bangs, call in. <laughs> We're standing by the phone. If you like Cece's bangs, blink twice. <laughs> Oh my gosh, never have I had such positive reviews. I love it. Did this. you cut Thank them you. yourself? No, I didn't. I went to a salon, a um, but my hairstylist, Heidi, showed me how to cut them myself. So <gasps> in the future, there will be self-cut bangs. Okay, I'm ready TBD for that. TBD if that will turn out or not. That will go on. That yeah, is the day the we make an OG Influencers Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I cut my own bangs. Yeah. It's going to be in like a week or two. So oh, there you shit. go. Get ready, ladies and gents and everyone Ooh. else um, to follow us. <laughs> and if you haven't followed our Facebook page, you should do that now. We never yeah. say that at the beginning. and We'll just say it now. Usually people click off. So anyway, <laughs> um, we do have a bit of a theme today. Mm-hmm. Cece? The theme is 90s icons. Oh. Yeah. I'm excited. I Nicholas has been dying to know who we're going to talk about. He is a fake fan. He only listened to one episode, so he really doesn't understand, like, the concept. Sorry. So everything is going to be cool and brand new. I love, I, I love the 90s, though. Okay. Um, mm. Only one of mine is an icon from the 90s, but all of them lived in the 90s. Oh. Okay, so I did... 
I have my 90s icon, truly an iconic person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his two influencers are like yeah. classic Golden Age yeah. Hollywood types. Okay, so. that sounds similar. Okay, well, why don't you begin? Cece's going first today. I am. And so who would you say is like your... So obviously we know who your favorite Aussie is. It's Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. Um, Good day. Is there anyone you would rank as like number two, maybe number three off the top? Yeah, that of your guy head? who plays Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Keith Urban. Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, Hugh Jackman's Australian, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I guess I would rank Steve Irwin, um, Bindi Irwin, Robert Irwin. I could go on and on. Take All the, the Irwins out the of zoo. the list. Oh, okay, okay. Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, Nicole. She'd be my favorite. I love Nicole Kidman. Um, I feel like I haven't guessed, so just no, let me know. Because think one of the 90s icon here. Oh. What? It's a know. riddle. This feels oh. like a troll thing. Oh. <laughs> you may not pass. <laughs> yeah, you can't cross the bridge unless you this? guess. Riddle me that. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to tell okay. us because we're too stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Heath Ledger. So close too with Hugh Jackman. Oh, and I just watched Brokeback Mountain like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm gonna talk about that. <laughs> Love that movie. I've never um, seen it. But yeah, Heath Ledger. <laughs> Total '90s icon. I mean, if totally. you've seen Ten, Ten Things, things I Hate you. About yeah. You, oh, yeah. Like that's all you need to see. That's how I know him. Yeah. Oh, the best. Wow. So, we love him. Okay. I know. He's great. I'm going to dive right into it because there's a lot to say about him. His middle name is Andrew. Did I say that already? No. Fun fact. Interesting. He was born on April 4th, 1979. And as we all know, died in 2008 on January 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about that more. But he was an Australian actor and a music video director after Hmm. performing in several Australian television and film productions during the 1990s. He left for the United States in 1998 to further develop his film career. His work comprised of 19 films, including 10 Things I Hate About You in 1999. Mm -hmm. He was a late 90s icon, but Mm -hmm. he was popular in Australia during the 90s, so I'm definitely counting him more so for the 90s. Can I Um, admit something? I did not know he was Australian. I didn't either. He doesn't... And, like, a lot of his Australian work isn't, like, mainstream in the U.S. Yeah, like, the only thing I would know him from, he has an American accent. And he's yeah. just such a good actor that I yes. have no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, some other movies he was in. He was in The Patriot in 2000, A Knight's Tale in 2001, one of my faves. Brokeback <laughs> Mountain in 2005, The Brothers Grimm in 2005, and The Dark Knight in 2008, which yes, was released after his death. Yeah. I bet. And he won an Oscar, <laughs> right, for that? He did. Best Supporting Actor. So. And he was already dead. Yeah. And everyone in the audience, like, stood up. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. What did he die from? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that probably. We'll get I think to he died it. by suicide. Mm-hmm. Or we'll talk about overdose it. or murder. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> it was murder. Just okay. so everyone. So okay. theories. Early life. 
He was born in Perth, which is in Western Australia. Yeah. To the son, he was the son of Sally Ledger, a French teacher, and Kim Ledger, a racing car driver and a mining engineer. Interesting we love background. A man with a girl name. Gender yeah. non-conforming. Love it. And he has English, Irish, and Scottish an- ancestry as well. He attended Marysmount Primary School in Gooseberry Hill and later Guilford Grammar School, where he had his first acting experiences. Oh. He starred in a school production as Peter Pan at the age of 13. And his older sister, Kate, an actress and later a publicist, to whom he was very close, inspired his acting on stage, and his love oh. of Gene Kelly inspired his successful choreography, oh. leading to Guilford Grammar's 60-member team's first all-boy victory at the Rock Eisteddford <laughs> Challenge, which I looked what, what? up, the Rock Eisteddford to- <laughs> Challenge. I don't know. Wow, yeah, it's you got to say it in an Australian accent. Probably sounds the totally rock different. I, stead- I can't do that. But um, it's okay. <laughs> I looked it up and it's kind of like it's like the forensics equivalent for like drama and acting. Oh, it's like a it's play. like kind of like a club Public thing, and you've got like short scenes and there's choreography and stuff. Um, wow. But then as I'm reading this Wikipedia page, it also like gets into the realm of like dare where they're like doing these like don't do drugs, do acting kind of no, like No, so it's like some bullshit, like, weird But he's doing this in, like, thing. the 80s, so maybe it's different. But 80s that's, and early you're 90s. still not cool unless you do drugs. <laughs> well, sadly, <laughs> we will see that doesn't work out for Heath Ledger. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Okay, sorry. So the 90s. He graduates early from Guilford Grammar at age 17, he left school to pursue acting. He drove across Australia from Perth to Sydney um, and then returning to Perth because I guess that wasn't successful the first time around. <laughs> and he was in That's a long a small drive. Role. Oh, yeah. Australia is huge. He took a small role in the show Clowning Around in 1992. He worked on the TV series Sweat in 96, in which he played a gay cyclist. Interesting. <gasps> Ooh. Um, I'd watch that. I'm intrigued. What is that about? From 93 to 97, he also had parts in the Perth television series Ship to Shore. So he's doing a lot of, like, small-time yeah. television. Um, but in then, Australia, so that seems kind of normal. Yes. But then in – or, yeah. Then he gets cast in 10 Things I Hate About You. And that's yes. kind of when the American audience is like, we love Heath Ledger. We love Heath Ledger. That's his Which, American like, debut. I think so. Except it says he, he was, was a dick a, in that movie. He said oh, he was no, in, this says he was in a Fox broadcasting for it. drama in 97. But I don't mm. think, I don't think that was big. Anyway. Oh, it was probably I'm kind like, of, how he yeah. got to America is kind of confusing. So I don't really That's know. Fine. He probably where sailed. He believe. Ooh. Um, At Greta. <laughs> so while we're talking about oh. 10 Things I Hate About You, um, we have to talk about the whole can't take my eyes off you scene and just yeah. how that stole everyone's heart. Mm. So, so the good. The one where she reads her poem. Oh, yeah. The poem that, was good too. 
Uh, what, what's the can't take my eyes off of you scene? What was that? When they, the band oh, he sings the, the song, the you're just too good to be oh, true. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like dancing on the bleachers. That's how he gets her to go out with him. Oh, I, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, Even yeah, though just, he yeah. was getting paid for it. Isn't, it's just the plot <laughs> of the taming. It's not the taming of the shrew, is it? Yeah, yes. It is. It's yeah. just the plot of taming of the shrew. So we're just letting it slide? Well, yeah. He wasn't. The, he didn't write the movie. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't playing Heath Ledger. They weren't you. really dating. They weren't really in high school. But okay, yeah. I guess we're just ignoring the fact that he's a dick. Yeah, I think we are. At least for now. Okay. So okay. from 2000 to 2005, um, he had starring roles as well as supporting roles. He. You know, I I already mentioned most of the movies, but he was in The Patriot, A Knight's Tale, Brokeback Mountain in 2005, and he won the Best Actor of 2005 award from the New York Film Critics Circle and the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. And pretty much for those who haven't seen Brokeback Mountain, uh, in it, Heath Ledger plays the Wyoming ranch hand, Ennis Del Mar, who has a love affair with aspiring rodeo writer jack twist played yeah. by jake gyllenhaal gay so cowboys later, i wish i knew it's, how to quit you <laughs> good movie it's fun oh I my gosh if you. you want to sob just at watching like these two oppressed people not be able to be a, oh my gosh it's the worst there's a part i think it's heath ledger where he goes like i think spoiler alert but one of them if dies. they haven't seen it by now <gasps> yeah one of them dies i've never no. seen it and I just know that there's sex on a mountain. There is. Um, but he goes See. and he smells one of the rodeo rider, Jake Gyllenhaal's shirts, like, after he's gone. And it's, and like, it the, the saddest. Same, it was the same shirt from, like, 20 years ago when they had first met and they got Aww, in this fight in the mountains. That makes me want to cry right like now. Oh. oh, my God, your yeah. cat. <laughs> hey. Um, Dude, she just really just... struggled. Oh, can you hear her? She's so cute. Yeah, I can hear her. She's our Elvis. That's Pickle. Um, Hi, Pickle. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a devastating movie, but it is so so good. He received. How does he die? Oh, I don't they remember. They say that it was. They say it was like because um, he's married to Anne Hathaway in the movie, and Anne Hathaway <gasps> tells Anne Hathaway's Heath in Ledger, this fucking movie. Yeah, I've not, never seen. She's that. very tertiary, oh. but um, <laughs> she tells Keith Ledger that he died, like changed a tire, and the tire exploded, and it like killed him or That's some shit it? like that. But then Heath Ledger kind of thinks it was, like, maybe more of a hate crime. That makes sense to me. You know, but we don't really know. So he was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Actor, as well as the Academy Award, but he didn't win either of them. And he was only 26 when he was nominated. So he's the ninth youngest nominee for Best Actor Oscar. Who is the youngest? Timothy? Probably, yeah, probably that... Oh, that Jacob kid? Yeah, the kid who was in Room. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a the girl like Quavenjane Wallace that like got it. And she was like really young. I mean, she didn't win, but she was nominated. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, who's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, but he didn't win. Whatever. But he was nominated. Oh, true, true, true. Is true. that the name of the movie? Yeah. yeah. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Okay. Not who. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> <movie>. Fuck. <laughs> who's eating Ooh. Gilbert Grape? <laughs> I just watched um, that. That's a good movie, too. Um, so anyway, so after Brokeback Mountain, Ledger co-starred with fellow Australian Abby Cornish in the 2006 Australian film Candy. 
Um, mm. And it's about young heroin addicts in love mm. attempting to break free of their addiction. So oh, I've seen that. I was thinking about watching it. Like it's, so basically, we've yeah, never seen any of these. Heard. <laughs> I've seen, but, and we don't have any. I mean, to he say only about has it. like, he only has nineteen films. So I've seen probably at yeah. least like a third of them. Really? But I'm like literally not I mean, worldly, so I have nothing. I'm trying to comment. And I have nothing. It's okay. Traffic. I mean, a lot of those nineteen are like Australian projects too. So it's like, oh yeah, you know. We, it's, it's not, not like the peak of media in America. As, yes. Um, I have a comment that says, it all goes back to Bob Dylan. And I think that's mm-hmm. an old comment from the way this uh, influencer hierarchy was supposed to go. It was supposed <laughs> to go from Heath Ledger to Tom Waits to Bob Dylan. And I have a little note where Heath Ledger did play, like, Bob Dylan in a 2007 film. Dylan. I'm not there. But now the it all goes back to Bob Dylan quote doesn't really make sense. So Oh, tea. But you know, if anything But he was to influenced Dylan, by him. He was influenced by him because Tom Waits influenced Heath Ledger. Interesting. I see. Well, that But yes, we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going them. to. So, <laughs> in Christopher Nolan's 2008 film The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger plays the Joker. Mm-hmm. And Iconic. that film was released six months after his death. And mm-hmm. one of the sad things that you hear about is as they're, like, finishing up the film, they're editing, and it's, like, they have to edit footage of their friend who's gone. So sad. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that, like, when um, Robin Williams died and, like, his last film that he had acted in came out, and it was, like, so long after he had passed away like it just really highlights how long post-production takes because you're like this person's been gone what do you mean they're in a new film like yeah it's wild so he's in the dark night and i guess as of now i'll comment on his relationships his press controversies and then i'll move on to his death so Mm. the only relationship i'm really going to talk about is with his ex-wife michelle williams whom he met on the set of Brokeback Mountain. She's great. They had a daughter together named Matilda Rose. Um, (gasps) What a cute Jake Gyllenhaal. I know. Jake Gyllenhaal is the godfather, and (gasps) Busy Phillips is the godmother. Are you kidding me? I don't like her. What a family. I like Busy. I don't mind Busy Phillips. She's great. I think she's funny. She's in the new Old Navy commercials. Oh, she's trying hard. So, I mean, strike one. (laughs) Um, Michelle so, Williams is beautiful, like the queen guy. of the pixie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Besides Audrey, like, but we won't get into it. Oh, we can't. We'll be here all night. <laughs> I just so, watched uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's last week. Okay. Anyways. Why? How many movies are you watching? I have a lot of free time. No, I <laughs> You're don't. in school. I work very hard. Okay. I just I like movies. Okay. <sighs> Continue. So after um, Ledger's death, apparently news outlets reported that his drug abuse is what prompted he and Williams to split up. Um, she requested him to move out of their apartment in Brooklyn. Mm. So there's that. Brooklyn. The other thing I want to mention is the press controversies, which is really intense. So on that film I talked about that he filmed in Sydney called Candy, mm-hmm. apparently the press 
it's the paparazzi. I think that the press is like a nice word for them. Um, yeah. But paparazzi, I guess, were hassling him outside of the set of the film Candy. And they reportedly say he spat on the journalists or like Ooh. one of his relatives or friends spat on the so journalists. What? So what? Justin Bieber did it? Literally pissed in them. True. The place. True. But so Ledger denies the claims when he is on the red carpet for Brokeback Mountain at the Sydney premiere of the film. Members of the paparazzi show up and retaliate with squirt <gasps> guns, and they soaked Ledger and Williams, and he like broke down. Like fuck? he was planning, he was planning on having his family kind of have like a dual citizenship, like dual location kind yeah. of thing, where they would live in Sydney half the time, New York half the time, and he was in tears. He had to go up and introduce this film, soaking wet, and he was like, "I'm done they with still Australia." Made him introduce it. Well, yeah, he's like the lead. And so he goes up there, he well, introduces it. He he's just got harassed. Well, that's what he has. He's upset. He's not upset that he wow. has to do it anyway. He's upset at the paparazzi. So yeah. he says, that's it. I'm done with Australia. And he that's moves why out. Lindsay Lohan moved he to never goes back. Well, he visits, but he does not live there anymore. So Would you Whoa. want to live in Australia, though? I don't know. I don't know. Scary, They're big scary, snakes. scary. Yeah, yeah, animals and shit like that. I can't get down bugs. with it. And the, yeah, the bugs alone. And okay. it's like so big and dumb. And it's hot. Yeah. It's true. Moving we're on not to for Australia. No. <laughs> Moving on to his death. Um So <laughs> it's a it's such a bummer. So mm. in the later years, like probably two thousand six to his death, um he says he slept probably an average of two hours a night. His body oh was exhausted, God. but he couldn't sleep. He would take Ambien, and one wouldn't do anything, so he would take two, and he would only wake... It, he would just, slope. like, wake up an hour later. So, like, nothing was working to get him wow. to sleep. Um, wow. He, like, his coworkers on the very last film, he, he actually didn't finish filming it. They had to ask other actors to step in and, like, finish filming his part in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which came out in 2009. Um, people said, like, he caught colds because they were shooting outside, but, like, unlike other people who were able to treat them right away with antibiotics, he just kind of went on and dealt with it, and it was like he constantly had the walking pneumonia. Yeah, because um, he couldn't sleep. You can't heal yourself. Yes, oh, yeah. and so then he's taking pills to try to help himself to sleep, and nothing is working. And mm. so at 3 o'clock on January 22nd of 2008, he was found unconscious in his bed by his housekeeper, Teresa Solomon, and his masseuse, Diana Wallazin. And she was, there at, she was there at 3 o'clock because he had an appointment. Yeah. And so according to the police, Wallazin, who had arrived early for a 3 o'clock appointment, um, I just said that, um, he wasn't responding to her, and the mm. first thing she did was call, was grab his phone and reach for the speed dial. Mm. Guess who is the speed dial number on his phone? It's so Jake random. Dylan Hall? Michelle Williams. Mary Kate Olsen, as in Mary Kate and Ashley. Mary oh, Kate. Oh, I like that. That's a fun. Why? Twist. Yes. Well, there are rumors that they were dating like a couple yeah. of months prior to his death because at that point he separated from Michelle Williams and he had dated other people. They're both icons. That makes but there's a like, lot they would of, be a good match. 
Yes, but there is a lot of mystery. So, for Mm. some reason, it's Mary-Kate Olsen. And also, why is this masseuse calling his phone instead of calling the police? Questions. Mm, Okay, here's tea. Sometimes, if someone's dead, like you know that they're dead, I think that you should inform your family first. Yes, but Mary-Kate Olsen, and she's calling Mary-Kate asking, what should I do? So, Mary-Kate Olsen is in (laughs) California, and she answers and is like, what? Okay, I have, I know a private security guard agency mm, in New weird. York City. I'm bringing, I'm calling a security guard to come over right now. Weird. Um, and so at 3.26 p.m., less than 15 minutes after Wallazen first saw him in bed and only a few minutes after the first call to Miss Olsen, then Wallazen telephoned 911 to say that mm-hmm. Heath Ledger was not breathing. And at the urging of the 911 operator, while as in administered CPR, um, but she was unsuccessful in reviving I him. I don't like that. Yeah. So the paramedics and emergency yeah. medical technicians arrived seven minutes later at 3.33 p.m. At almost the exact same moment, the private security guard summoned by Miss Olson arrived. So mm. must be some tip-top agency if they're showing up as fast as the police. Um, but well, again, no one... Star. I know, and I'm sure this private agency is there for, like, people to spend this much money, you know, to Mm -hmm. have pretty much immediate backup. I don't get why they would have to call it a security place. What are they going to do? Yeah, that's kind of weird. It is weird. It is very weird. We'll get into it. Police, too. Okay. We'll get into it. So at 3.36 p.m., Ledger was pronounced dead and his body was removed from his apartment. And so about two weeks later, um, the conclusions of the autopsy were released. They did the toxicological analysis and said that Mr. Heath Ledger died as a result of acute intoxication by the the combined effects of oxycodone, hydrocodone, diazepam, temazepam, alprazolam, and doxylamin. So many things. I don't know if yeah, you know this. Was he prescribed drugs that had this in it? And he just so, wasn't supposed to drink with it? I'm not really getting supposed there. to drink with any drugs. Okay. It, they state then, we've concluded the manner of death is an accident resulting from the abuse of prescribed medications. So then you ask, why does he have all of these prescribed medications? Mm-hmm. So... A lot of the things I listed are commonly prescribed in the United States for treating insomnia, anxiety, mm. pain, or common cold symptoms, which his fellow actors said that he like had a lot of those. Um, but the majority of physicians in the U.S. are extremely reluctant to prescribe mm-hmm. multiple benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines, yeah, like Valium, Xanax, things like that. Yes, they... They don't prescribe multiple of those to a single patient, especially if the patient is already taking oxycodone or hydrocodone. So that's a question where people are like, why does he have all these prescribed medications? And Mm -hmm. then Dr. Jason Payne James, a forensic pathologist in 2017, said that Ledger might have survived if that whole combination of drugs I listed did not include hydrocodone and oxycodone. So if he had left out those two drugs, he probably would have been fine. But adding those into the mix kind of messed everything up. So now everyone is wondering, 
how does he get these prescribed medications? Because some of them are prescribed to him, but Mm -hmm. the two that killed him, hydrocodone and oxycodone, were not prescribed to him. So where is he getting those? Mm. So first thing... Because then whoever sold it is, is like, responsible. Yes. And so first they go to his physicians and, like, the FBI does an investigation with his physicians to see, like, you're absolutely certain you, like didn't overprescribe this guy and they find that the physicians are not at fault but mm. then tabloid speculation and other pieces of the puzzle not fitting in point people towards Mary Kate Olsen <gasps> <gasps> the twist of the century yes and while nothing has ever been proven it's totally hearsay people are really confused with her association to the death and on august 4th of 2008 murray weiss of the new york post reported that mary kate olson had refused through her attorney to be interviewed by federal investigators probing the accidental drug death of her close friend heath ledger without immunity from prosecution so she was unwilling to talk without immunity so she never talked you get to I choose. Mean, smart girl, yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, Jesus. fuck. I know that is interesting. Um, so either she had nothing to do with it, and she doesn't want to be involved, like for her image and for you know, you don't want to be involved if you don't have to be with a mm-hmm. case like a death, or is allegedly she somehow persuaded him or provided him with these drugs yeah hmm. which like again you say why is there a security private security guard you know like there are like weird things yeah. that like don't make sense and you know yeah you never know how someone's gonna react yeah but oh, that's totally I, true. yeah i don't know how why you'd ever need that like but there, these are also like stars like they have weird lives maybe that's what you do yes and maybe maybe the security guard is there because Like, people, later when his death is announced, like, people gather outside of his apartment like fans do. Mm -hmm. So, his apartment location is known relatively. So, maybe the security guard is there to, like, prevent fans from, like, being disrespectful and taking photos. You know, like, maybe. Or, yeah. Or preventing if he was, if there were life-saving measures that had to be taken or something. Yeah, like maybe maybe that's all it is. And the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office does say, say quote, they don't believe there's a viable target, unquote. So yeah. <coughs> I don't know what it is. And those two drugs yeah. he wasn't prescribed were what killed him. And I feel like there's a lot of um, there are a lot of misconceptions about his death and people saying like, well, since he was he did star in that film about heroin pe- uh, users, people are like, well, that's, like, when you hear drug overdose, like, you know, mm-hmm. some people that's are like, oh, yeah. heroin. But nope, it was prescribed drugs, or prescription drugs, two of which were not prescribed to him. And other people say, you know, like, his role in the Joker, like, it drove him mad, or, like, mm. that's what pushed him over the edge with his, like, using these prescription drugs. And the truth is, he had been using them for years prior, Interesting. Yeah, that's always what I kind of thought. I thought that he struggled with mental illness, um, which might be true. I'm not sure. But 
And I'm sure that it's more likely and you're more susceptible when you're not getting any fucking sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Well, even not getting sleep causes a lot of issues. Yeah. Like, that hallucinations and stuff. Like, yeah. Totally crazy. I, I mean, even earlier I said I think he died by suicide, but it sounds like he didn't. I think sounds it was accidental. accidental. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I did not so, know that. That's really yeah. sad. It totally is sad because he was so funny and so charming. And one thing, just like a food for thought question. So I think that his, I'm not a big like Batman or like comic book mm-hmm. movie kind of person, but Same. people seem to put his, I mean, obviously he won the Oscar for it, um, but mm-hmm. people seem to be like really big fans of his portrayal of the Joker. Do you think yeah. that has anything to do with the fact that he died? Like, you know, like, do you think that his performance would be as celebrated today if he hadn't died prior to the release i think so i bef yeah he was really fucking good as the joker yeah it was so and every other joker i've seen is cringy well they're always always they're like um they're always compared to his joker exactly but yeah well your acting is it just because he died saying jared leto's joker shit (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Nicholson's Joker Phoenix. is good. I heard that Joaquin Phoenix's was not great. Yeah, I heard his I heard was the, the, cr- the like movie weird. wasn't good. Okay, but Jack Nicholson's is good. Yeah. So um, that was just some food for thought because it definitely. I mean, I, I think it impacted I think he like was the, the way that film was How marketed. Can we say? You know? How can we say? Unless we, we find someone that didn't know that he was dead. It's just a food food for thought experiment yeah like uh, yeah but yeah so i already mentioned his influence in the beginning but it was gene kelly the classic um yeah hollywood dancer i watched a bunch of like best of gene kelly clips and just love them okay i knew it was gonna be gene kelly because of your emphasis on his name (laughs) yes i know um what i was going to do though have you okay so i mentioned i was going to do tom waits and then tom waits was going to lead to bob dylan Uh um do you know who tom waits is no i've not tom waits he's a musician look at there's an interview that pops up when you google him he 100 percent. you look at it and you're like is he pretending to be the joker and the what answer the is no 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 that's just tom waits and heath ledger used Interview tom waits from 1979 probably yes go to oh, he the looks, minute 45 second weird. mark okay he's coming oh i see wow he's acting like a weirdo i totally like see his influence in this clip like, mm-hmm. and I only watched him walk in. Like, he, yeah. that is, yeah, I see it. It's crazy. So, That's who he credits as his influence for his Joker. I don't know what, I didn't read anything in particular oh. that said, like, he said it. He may have mm-hmm. said it, but, like, Haley, when you hear him open his voice, to, or yeah. open his voice, when you hear him open <laughs> his mouth, um, yeah. it sounds like Heath Ledger as wow. a joker like he copied his voice he copied his posture his yeah. mannerisms it's so creepy and i don't know if you get like offended then if you're tom waits that like your likeness is being used to portray the joker yeah if you're, like 
strange enough that you're just like super flattered that like yeah you're that iconic but anyway i didn't end up going that route um too much to say about him and bob dylan so i'm just mm-hmm. gonna dance around ha 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 gene kelly um, fuck <laughs> uh, so um <laughs> i heard that um so gene kelly's full name is eugene kelly love that born august shout 23rd out, shout out to our co-worker eugene who listens he does listen he talks to you about i know it. oh he's gonna be so excited when he hears him on here he's dude die. our friend eugene is works with us at, used to work with us at the hotel he's a baller he's one of our fans we Hell love yeah you. go eugene <laughs> we love you huge eugene if you're listening call in <laughs> call in sick today <laughs> so gene kelly is born august 23rd 1912 Died on February 2nd of 1996. He was an American-Irish dancer, actor of film, stage, and television, singer, film director, producer, screenwriter, comedian, and choreographer. Man of many hats. He was known for his energetic and athletic dancing style, his good looks, and the likable characters that he played on screen. He was best known for his performances in films such as On the Town, An American in Paris, Anchors Away, uh, for which he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor, and of course, Singing in the Rain. Yeah, with oh, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Ryan. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Ryan. Ryan. Ew. Hey, <laughs> hey <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I used to watch it all the time. Oh yeah, I love Debbie Reynolds. Like, oh yeah. Write that down. I want to do her. She okay. When I found out that she was Carrie Fisher's mom, and mm-hmm. then I found out that um, what's her name, Billy. Oh yeah, Billy Lord. Billy Lord is Carrie Fisher's daughter. I was like, yeah, insane. amazing. That's a whole episode. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. I can't wait. We're gonna do them. That's awesome. We'll surprise so, you guys in like a year and do it, so yeah. you won't remember this. <laughs> forget. Forget. Um. So yeah, he starred in musical films until they fell out of fashion in the late 1950s. Yeah. Bummer. But yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> I have more to say about Gene Kelly. I'm not. Okay, 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 okay. He was born in Pittsburgh. He was the son of. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're not on our game right now. I'm not drinking any wine. I'm drinking coffee and it doesn't taste very good anymore. That's a bummer. I'm drinking beer. It's tasty. Okay, back to Gene Kelly. He was born in Pittsburgh. He's the third son of James Patrick (laughs) Joseph Kelly, a phonograph salesman, and his wife, Harriet. It's a phonograph. I know that's how old it is. I think it's like a uh, like a phone, (laughs) right? (laughs) This is 1912, people. So he has German, Irish, and Canadian ancestry. When he was eight, his mother enrolled (laughs) him and his brother James in dance classes. And as Gene Kelly recalled, Uh, they both rebelled. He said, "Quote: We didn't like it much, and were continually involved in fist fights with the neighborhood boys who called us sissies. I didn't dance again until I was 15." End quote. When he finally realized it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Well, no. So what happened? I mean, have you seen Gene Kelly? Dude is like big, tall and like buff and like super athletic. So he is a big baseball fan. He plays he plays baseball. And by the time he's 15 and he's ready to dance, dude is like ripped Mm. and is able to like totally defend himself and beat everyone back who's been beating on him. Yeah, can I just say Gene Kelly is so handsome? He totally is. 
In like the classic <laughs> Hollywood like like and not style. even like he's just stunning. He might be my favorite guy we've ever talked about. He's so handsome and he has dimples. <laughs> mhm. Oh, he graduated cute. from Peabody High School at age 16 Peabody. and yeah. he went to Pennsylvania State College as a journalism major. But the 1929 crash forced him to work to help his family. Oh, that's the Great Depression. I know. Yeah, it's the beginning. (laughs) It's the beginning. So during this time, he would create dance routines with his younger brother, Fred, to earn prize money in local talent contests. They would perform in nightclubs in 1931, which this blows my mind. He was able to enroll at the University of Pittsburgh to study economics. So he... Drops out in 29, but he's able to re-enroll in 31. So I don't think that mm. the Kelly family was hit that hard with the Depression. Um, because, yeah. like, yeah, that's, like, still going strong in 31. Yeah. Um, so while at the University of Pittsburgh, he became involved in the university's Cap and Gown Club, which staged original mm. music productions. After mm. graduating in 1933... He kept, uh, or he continued to be active with the Cap and Gown Club, and served as their director from 1934 to 1938. Then, he was admitted to the University of Pittsburgh Law School, Damn. which is so funny to me that he went from econ- journalism major, had to drop out, econ major, mm-hmm. law school. Um, I, I would, I would get it if he went from journalism to law. It's. Maybe that was his original goal. Maybe. But he, he's know. dancing during all of this. So his family, yeah. this is the crazy thing, too. They opened a dance studio in Pittsburgh in the 30s, which, like, wow. I guess, like, there must have been pockets of the U.S. that were just not affected as much by the Depression. And Pittsburgh must be one of them. Maybe it's, like, super industrial. They've got a lot of factory work going yeah. on. I don't know. But, like, you're opening, like... I feel like it's never a good idea to open a dance studio, which isn't true, but, like, it's always risky, you know? But, like, to be making yeah. that risk in the 30s of all times, you know? Yeah, but people seems- wanted to be dancers. Remember Audrey Hepburn? Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to be a fucking dancer. Yeah. Like, well, everybody. They, they went to the Gene Kelly studio of dance. So. And it didn't go out of business? Yes. So he was a teacher. Wow. There, um, during his undergraduate and law student years at wow. Pitt. And Money. In 1931, he was approached by a synagogue in, Pete's, in Pittsburgh to teach dance, and it proved successful, and wow. Kelly was retained for seven years to teach dance there until his wow. departure from uh, New York. So he's so a then, teacher. That's nice. He's a, a teacher. He's at the synagogue teaching, and he's also in law school. So then eventually... He drops out of law school, which honestly, we should do a whole episode about people who've dropped out of law school. I mean, like, at this point, it's every episode. Yeah, really. There's always someone who's. Yeah. Doing One day we should talk about successful lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I only know Robert Kardashian. <laughs> I think that, I mean, David Gruber, we could go local too. <laughs> Jesus <don't> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Called Gruber Law baby. Offices. This is hearsay, but Free I think ad. at this old restaurant I used to work at, one of the guys in the kitchen told me they saw David Gruber and were like, one call, that's all. And David Gruber flipped them off. And <gasps> it's hearsay, but I really want it to be true. <laughs> Why would he do that? That's what he wants out of his brand. 
I'm sure, I mean, the person who told me this was, like, not, like, a calm person, maybe. A pathological liar. I think they were kind of, they're kind of a rabble rouser. So I'm Uh, sure he was like, enough of this nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. Quit shouting my slogan at me. I'm wearing sweats just trying to get some Starbucks. I don't know. I'm just trying to go to the brewer game. (laughs) I pay for every fucking game. (laughs) I hate it. Okay, no, I don't hate Gruber Law. Yeah, we might need him someday. I'd like to distance myself from these comments that might have to keep Gruber Law offices. Thank you very much. Fuck. Okay, okay, okay. So he drops out of law school. Claimed for anything. I'd just like to take a second and talk about Squarespace. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. So he drops out of law school. He increases his focus on performing rather than teaching. Mm. And, yes. So... Then, after successfully managing and developing the family dance school business, he moves to New York City in search of work as a choreographer, but he returns to Pittsburgh by 1940 because he couldn't find work, which I'm like, (laughs) that's three years. I am somewhat pleased that... Not everything worked out perfectly for Gene Kelly. A dancing studio. That means we all have hope. <laughs> yeah. A dancing studio in Pittsburgh is not the same as a dancing studio in New York City. Truth. You know, it's like I'm a, a six in Wisconsin, but a two in L.A. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of situation. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't want to teach in New York City. He wants to be in things. So after oh. a fruitless search for work in New York... He returns to Pittsburgh, and his first position back is as a choreographer with the Charles Gaynor Music Review, Hold Your Hats, at the Pittsburgh Playhouse in 1938. (laughs) And that turns out to be, like, what gets the ball rolling for him. Okay. He appears in one of six sketches, or six of the sketches, one of which was La Cumparsita, um, which... Mm -hmm became the basis of an extended <laughs> Spanish number in the film Anchors Away eight years later. Oh. And he gets his first Broadway assignment in 1938 as a dancer in Cole Porter's Leave It to Me um, as the American ambassador's secretary. He's the guy who, like, holds the woman up while she sings. Ooh. Love that guy. Um, then <laughs> after that, he was hired by Robert Alton. Um because apparently, so apparently Gene Kelly's whole thing, he's very hardworking. Like, if everyone is meeting in the studio at 8 a.m., he's there till midnight and everyone's mm. leaving at midnight, but he is still going Try through hard. the number. Like, when people <laughs> look at him and they're like, there's nothing to be improved upon, he's still like, I can improve and, like, does Good it again. Good for him. Yes. Good for him. I so, only hate him because I'm jealous. I have no drive. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> Same. Um, so that's his thing. But also, apparently, he's a good communicator. He's a good teacher. Like, he, he's just good at everything that he does. And so Damn. people want to work with him because yeah. it will work out. And people want to hire him. Yes. They want to work with him. And if not have him in it, they want him to teach it. Yeah. Um, cool. So then he is directing and choreographing. And his big breakthrough was the Pulitzer Prize winning The Time of Your Life, uh, Mm -hmm. a show which opened on October 25th, 1939, 
which he danced to his own choreography in. That was the first oh. time his own choreography was on Broadway. Wow. Wow. He really did the whole thing. Oh, yeah. So after that, he, yeah, he's just doing shows. He, he's kind of credited with bringing, like, elements of the, of, like, ballet technique onto the mm-hmm. stage. I guess that wasn't mm-hmm. as popular before him. Um, and can I just say, male ballerinas are so, like, they look so amazing. Their feet are all fucked up, though. Well, that's every, every ballerina. ballerina. Well, I know, I'm just, yeah, I'm saying all the ballerinas' feet are fucked up. Yeah. They Special shout-out to Brook- Brooklyn Heights. Oh, my God, I know. She was in, well, he, uh, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know his man name, but Brooklyn Heights is a drag queen, and she was um, in a big ballerina um, drag show. A touring drag oh, show. That would, would be, be the cool. best show. I'd but, watch that. Yeah. Now she's a judge on um, Canadians RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, she's Love like, it. Oh, she's like the main one. She's like <gasps> the RuPaul of that show. Holy shit. Yeah. Good for she's her. The first queen ever get a spinoff. T. T. <laughs> um, so then as he's doing all the stage stuff, the offers from Hollywood begin to arrive. Uh, but Kelly was in no real hurry to leave New York. So yeah. he um, has leverage. But, he does, because he is in demand. This is, like, the mm-hmm. golden age, the 40s and, like, the 50s. That's, like, the golden age of, like, the old Hollywood musicals. Yeah. So, eventually, he accepts the offers, and part of his contract is sold to Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. MGM, mm. baby. Oh, yeah. Um, so, then he stars in the film Me and My Gal. Oh, no, that's starring Judy Garland, but he's, like, you know, he's the second. <gasps> yeah. In yeah. 1942. Um, he was, quote, appalled at the sight of myself blowing up, blown up 20 times. I had an <gasps> awful feeling that I was a tremendous flop, which like what? everyone has imposter syndrome, I guess. But apparently it really bugged him. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Oh, my God. Seeing myself <laughs> 20 times my height on a screen. I totally would. Especially no, if I was I'd dancing. be like, Can't who do. is she? What are they like? That's where I need to Only be. because my personality <laughs> is just disorienting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, so yeah, so then he's in movies and he made it. He yes, has totally made it and he's famous and amazing. He's getting lent to Columbia Pictures too. He mm. works with Rita Hayworth in Covergirl in nineteen forty four. Um but at the end of nineteen forty four he enlists in the US Naval Air Service and was commissioned as a lieutenant junior grade, but he was in the photographic session section in washington dc um where he was involved in writing and directing a range of documentaries and this is what stimulated for the his war interest on the production side of filmmaking yeah for like the service oh. and apparently hmm. so here's the thing some of almost stuff, like a like, journalist yes but like that film i mentioned earlier his next film in 1945 by mgm it's called anchors away uh-huh um, isn't it about the navy it's, it is but it's like meant um like his his uh, popular dance routine is he dances with an animated Jerry Mouse from Tom and oh, Jerry. Oh yes, yep, yeah. That's, I've seen that so many times. It's so cute. Yes, but like a lot of that was like kind of like to boost morale for people in the service. So oh really? That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's yeah, it's like it's like 1944. That's like still going on. So yeah, and the cute Looney Tunes like yeah honestly. why not so yes so then you know he eventually falls out of style um 
He does Singing in the Rain, though. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that movie. Mm-hmm. That's 1952, and I think after that is a little bit of the fall off. Um, mm. Yeah. He did die in 96, but he was old. That's so. when we were born. Yeah. Maybe you're reincarnated Gene Kelly. Yeah, I hope so. Except I'm really bad at dancing. Well, maybe... It's not me. Uh, February 2nd. Just a couple months off. Uh, I, <laughs> a lot yep, of months that off. That sucks. So, I don't know. I just think he's very handsome. This, these are my takeaways. He's handsome. And he can dance. He's a teacher. And he can sing. He can sing? Oh, yeah, yeah he's a singer. He's in musicals. Fucking... I didn't know that was his voice. Yeah. I guess they don't really have the technology to do that. You just had to be good at everything. Yeah. And, yeah, he knows Debbie Reynolds, so that's basically all I need to know. Mm-hmm. Winning. Winning, The yeah. one person, then, I'm just going to briefly, briefly talk about okay. the OG, the premier man of dancer in the history of all of film, Fred Astaire. Yes, oh, I'm just yeah, looking yeah. at him. Fred Astaire dance studios are still all over the place. Yeah, we have one in Milwaukee. We might have yep. a couple in Milwaukee. I we see definitely that sign do. all the time. Um, so, yeah, he was born on May 10th, 1899, uh, died on June 22nd, 1987. He's an American mm. dancer, singer, actor, choreographer, and television presenter. And, again, considered the most influential dancer in the history of film. Totally. Um, his stage and film and television careers spanned a total of 76 years. He started more than 10 Broadway and London musicals, made 31 musical films, four television specials, and numerous recordings. Um, as a dancer, his most outstanding traits were his uncanny sense of rhythm, his perfectionism, mm-hmm. and his innovation. And his most memorable dancing partnership was with Ginger Rogers, with whom he co-starred in a series of 10 Hollywood musicals. Wow. So I'm on Google Images and I'm still looking at pictures of Gene Kelly mm-hmm. and you and there's a right away there's a comparison between Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly and you can totally see their influences. Gene mm-hmm. Kelly has pointed feet, pointed hands, he's totally doing the ballet thing and Fred Astaire is totally more visual about it and I think it's because of the history of film when you have a silent film or poor audio quality it's all visual. Mm-hmm. And then as we move on, and, and throughout the 50s, we're still doing musicals, but then you don't need to do the dancing anymore because it's more, it's entertaining to hear the audio as well. Well, yeah, we'll talk, I'll talk about it and how, like, um, how different it is with Gene Kelly being more of, like, a dance studio slash, like, mm. Broadway to film thing where, like, Fred Astaire starts with vaudeville. Mm-hmm. And vaudeville is, like... Vaudeville is something else. Vaudeville literally <laughs> dies the second film takes off because people are yeah. like, why would I go through this when I can watch a movie? Totally. So, um, so yeah, I guess I'll just read one quick quote by Gene Kelly about Fred Astaire. Um, Gene Kelly says, quote, the history of dance on film begins with Astaire, end quote. Mm-hmm. So, in case you didn't already know, he's a big deal. Um, Okay, where was I going with that, though? Okay, so pretty much what happened, both of his parents were immigrants. Um, his dad emigrated from 
Austria, I think. Oh, interesting. Yes. And his mother what came from East Prussia. Oh, oh wait, no. She was born in the United States. Her parents were from there. So anyway, okay. they're all really new to the U.S. He was born in Omaha, Nebraska. And pretty much what happened, his father came to the U.S. Um, wanting to find work in the brewing trade. So that's how he ended up in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, their father loses the job. But his mother, the Astaire mother... Um, she always dreamed of getting out of Nebraska, and the way she wanted to do that was through her children. So she fostered their showbiz careers. He has an older sister, Adele, whom they together, they were like a brother-sister act on vaudeville. And cool. so the, Fred, Fred Astaire refused dance lessons at first, um, but his sister took them, so he would mimic her. And then eventually they took a piano, accordion, clarinet, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So they're performing. When the dad loses the job, the family's like, we don't have anything here for us. So then they move to New York City. Yeah. And that's where they start to foster this vaudeville act, this brother-sister act. So, I mean, who's going to – you're in Nebraska. That's not no. – Get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. That's not where you have a – where you're a performer. <laughs> and one thing that, like, kind of differentiates um, – Fred Astaire from Gene Kelly is a lot of times you see Fred Astaire dancing in a top hat um, Mm -hmm. and like a coat with like tails and usually Fred Astaire I mean sometimes he's dancing in a suit but a lot of times he's dancing in plain clothes which wasn't always Mm. wasn't really as popular of a thing before yeah um so yeah then they're dancing um kind of the same thing where when vaudeville ends there's film opportunity and there's Broadway and there's all this stuff and that's kind of most of what I'm going to say about Fred Astaire except for the end skip de doodly doo to 1987 (laughs) on June 22nd he dies of pneumonia (laughs) at the age of 88 whoa Um, old this is cute one of his last requests was to thank his fans for their years of support adorable and then the one thing i think was so so interesting um astaire's life has never been portrayed on film he always refused permission for such portrayals saying quote however much they offer me and offers come in all the time i shall not sell end quote astaire's Mm. will included a clause requesting that no such portrayal ever take place he commented quote it is there because I have no particular desire to have my life misrepresented, which it would be, end quote. Wait, what did he refuse to do? He refused to sell the rights to his life, to make, like, a biopic oh, about him or, yeah. like, any kind of production about him. He's like, absolutely not. Wow. That will never happen. Hmm. Why? Which I think it's so funny because, right? Oh, because well, then. You know, like, someone like, do you else think is the it? movie um, The Network helped hmm. uh what's his zuckerberg like do you think anyone liked him more i mean after zuckerberg that is a lizard man i know but like <laughs> if i didn't I'm have to shut down, bitch. <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> allegedly but like if i didn't have to deal with that you know i don't know i mean it's, he's dead it's not like he's gonna make any money off of it so really what's the point i know but his family would 
He's already a legend, though. I didn't read yeah. if he had any. His family, family could probably. A lot still of these guys. Like, it's in his will. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Damn. It, there's okay. a weird thing, though, where, like, eventually, sometimes that stuff enters, like, common... Mm-hmm. What is that? Common... Uh, what? What is it when, like, copyrights expire and it enters common... I don't think it's... There, there's, like, a word for that, where it, it just enters, like... Yeah. Like, there are some... Dis- like, Mickey Mouse should be in this, like, common use, like, creative commons. Like, it just enters, mm-hmm. like, all... Copyright has expired. Mickey Mouse is supposed to be there, and Disney mm-hmm. literally is like changing copyright. Public law. domain. Pub- yes, public yes, domain. public domain. Yeah. Um, so, yes, like eventually- which is why everything is about Hamlet and everything's a recreation of all this stuff because it's so old. We can just do it. Yes, but a hundred years from now, like everyone who's our contemporary. I mean, I, I don't know if this will five counts. Yeah, but like 70. you know, years from now, all these people's lives are just fair game. I mean, totally. I don't know if this will change anything. With my um, rise and shine, or <laughs> Kylie's wears off. You're ready, bitch. Catch me in three thousand doing a new Harry Potter film. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude, that's really cool. I literally like these guys. We haven't really talked about dancers. Yeah, and I. It's like kind of hard to be like you. You know, it's like hard to pick at the influence, but. Exactly. No, I can totally see your path because we're literally going back in dancing history. Yeah. And like Heath Ledger wasn't as singy and dancey, but in his Mm -hmm. youth he was. Mm -hmm. So. And you could totally see the influence though. Yeah. Dude, that was really good. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And they're all hot. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just like to say that we have a new podcast pet. Um, Cece has her cute, adorable little puppy, Newt, and Mm -hmm. we love her, and of course, Pickle, the cat, but I was alone, and I have a new roommate. He is a hamster, and his name is Pierre. Show the people, Pierre. Um, (laughs) live stream, we'll live stream him. Can you see him? No. (laughs) The camera's too high. He's hiding. Is he, he in his house now? He's in his little house. Do you want me to pull the thing off? <laughs> oh, where is he? <laughs> oh, he's over here. Pierre. He really hates me, guys. Well, I dropped him. I don't think that helped. Oh, yeah. And then Nicholas picked him up and dropped him like three feet. I don't realize. Did she go? Is she there? Yeah, she's doing screenshots. Oh, okay. Okay. So, anyway, we'd like to welcome Pierre. He's a friend of the podcast now. If you like to head up here, call in. Yeah. Fuck. We are manning the phones. <laughs> Jesus we're Christ. Here, we're Our number is 911. Yeah, call in. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, you talked about some dancers. And yeah. I'm not going to be talking about any dancers. Boo. Actually, it's debatable. Um, what did I write down? Oh, I have some guesses of who you're gonna do. Okay, well, I will. I will open the floor for guesses. Well, um, well give me a hint because I gave yeah, you Aussie. Okay, well, I will. I will. I'm. Here's the first thing I wrote down. I will start following the rules of this podcast when hell freezes over. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, because yes, you said okay. you're just doing 90s people, right? Well, I'm going to talk about two iconic queens and their shared influence. Um, all mm. three of these amazing women have influenced music in a way that is immeasurable. Are they pop stars? Uh, maybe. Britney Spears. We are not yeah. doing the guessing game until I fucking do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm Okay, before we get into music, because I don't really know anything about music, I'm going to say a special shout-out to these women and their amazing use of winged eyeliner. It's my staple makeup look. These women did it best. They put it on the fucking map. It's not Cleopatra. But Amy other Winehouse than being, wasn't '90s, was she? No. She was, but I don't. I'm not talking about her. Okay. Her, her wings weren't that good either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that's like a bad wing day. That's. Yeah, I'm not gonna get. But into with it, the but. beehive, I think that there's enough going on. Oh yeah. yeah. It was her look. It was that, her yeah, look. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I fucked up the the liner, so I gotta put on this massive like wig. Okay, other than being musical legends, they've just inspired me in my makeup endeavors, so I just wanted to mention that. Okay. okay, that said, here's your hint. The first artist never fails to make me cry. And by the way, she's not from the 90s. This is not my 90s artist. Oh. She never fails to make me cry, even when I've heard her songs or album 30 times over. She is the most beautiful woman in the fucking world, in my opinion. And her style is beyond compare. So why don't you make a guess now, and then I'll give you some more hints. The most beautiful woman, style beyond compare. Yeah. These are so generic and subjective. I don't know. I don't know. No. And she she has, like, some songs that are so emotional. Oh, Nicki Minaj. Duh. <laughs> no, I know. We, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. Here's some more. She's British. Oh, was it Adele? She just went through a transformation in her personal life and her body. Oh, yeah. It's Adele. It's Adele. Yeah, a baby. It's Adele. She, she hasn't had a baby. baby. Well, she did a while ago. Well, she did, but no. She she just lost 40 pounds. Yeah, I just saw a picture of her. She yeah. What? Really? I get into it later, but we love her. She looks amazing. She's always looked amazing. Then we just put that out there. Um, we are not fat phobic. She looks, no, she's always looked stunning. She's always stunning. She's though. literally, I mean, Glowing. it might just be me, but fucking, she's the most beautiful person. She is really pretty. Honestly. Um, so here's my intro for Adele. The true queen of England, Her Royal Highness Adele Laurie Blue Adkins, was born May 5th, 1988. Her mother's name is Penny, which is so cute. I love that. That is a classic English name. Penny for your thoughts. Penny. Penny for your thoughts. Penny for my fucking train. Can I shave it? Okay, she grew up in London, so this Essex accent is not the tea. Um, she began singing at age four. She would play the guitar and sing to friends. And she once said, <clears throat> It's been quite monumental moments of my life that I've spent there. And I drove past <laughs> London, and I literally burst into tears. I really missed it. Okay, that was spice. not yeah. it. That wasn't it. Whatever. Much I'll, better. Much better. <laughs> Anyone watching UK's RuPaul's Drag Race? Shout out Bag of Chips. Call in. Let us know what you think. 
<laughs> Nicholas is manning is the phone. Yeah, I'm manning the phones, you guys. That's all I'm doing. 911 or 999 if you're in the UK. Um, <laughs> fucking. She attended and graduated from the Brit School of Performing Arts and Technology, where two of her classmates were Leona Lewis and Jesse J. Oh, I love Leona oh. Lewis. I'm not a fan of Jesse J. Her voice annoys Jesse me. Jesse J is like so aggressive. Literally. Is she her the price aura, tag girl? Yeah. Yeah. Her voice is annoying. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say. Allegedly. Allegedly annoying. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not trying to stir up any drama. <laughs> There's enough of that in the podcasting community in my opinion. <laughs> We're neutral. Okay. So I just wrote down, it's kind of funny to me that, like, it, this is a common theme. I know this is a performing arts school, but it's just funny that these people all kind of run in the same circles. Like, with Kanye. Well, not, actually not Kanye, but, like, Jay-Z and Biggie. Like, everybody, they yes, all know each other. they went to the same high school. Yeah. Also, like, the unrelated uh, Cameron Diaz and Snoop Dogg going to the same yeah, high school. Yeah, what? Like, who? Yeah. What kind of energy is in this neighborhood? You know what I mean? It's but California, this is at the, New York. Yeah. This was at the Brit School of Performing Arts, so this like, the Brit makes school. sense. So, whatever. She, um, this is how she got her start. She recorded a three-song demo for a class, and she gave it to her, a friend. That supportive friend posted it on MySpace, and it was super popular, and she got a phone call from XL Records. Crazy. Yeah. So her, like, really supportive, cool friend was like, look at my badass friend. Look at her. Listen so to her sweet. voice. And so she signed with XL Records in 2006. In 2008, she was already a headliner and performed an acoustic set for Damien Rice, who's an um, Irish performer. Um, she became the first recipient of the Brit Awards Critic Choice. And was named the number one predicted breakthrough act of 2008 in the annual BBC poll of music critics. Hell so yes. amazing. Everybody knew. They heard her voice. They saw her beautiful face. And they saw, They said, this girl's the future. And they were right. I'm having so flashbacks her, to like, is it middle school rolling yeah. in the deep? Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. Oh. Um, her first oh. album comes out. And it's titled 19 which is the age that she wrote it insane and it entered the british charts at number one wait when was adele born 1988 okay so yeah this is at 19 um she signed with columbia records in 2008 so now she's signed with xl records and columbia records columbia records is kind of just like the u.s um affiliate apparently um, she embarked on a short North American tour um, when 19 was released in the U.S. And Billboard magazine said, Adele truly has potential to become among the most respected and inspiring international artists of her generation. Like, if that ain't true. Cute. Um, an Evening with Adele world tour began in May 2008. Um, she later canceled the U.S. tour dates to be with a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she said in June 2009, quote, I'm like, I can't believe, wait, what's my British accent? I'm like, I can't believe I did that. No, that's not it. Mm. Can't believe I believed it. Dumb bitch. 
No, that's fucking Bega. Yeah, you're right. My my British accent is always like trash. Mine's wonky now because I heard your shitty one. It's not my fault at all. <laughs> I know, right? It really is bad. <laughs> she said. Oh, bloody young Alva. Got a magazine I can buy. Ah, you mung me off, lad. I'm looking for Tatlow magazine. I gotta keep up on the Royals. Mom, can I have some fucking toast and jam? Some <laughs> chips. Some gin, please. Fuck. Isn't. Aren't bangs in like British slang referred to as fringe? Fringe. Yeah. I've got fringe now. Oh my god, yours is cute. Oh, that was cute. That what was the good. fuck? Ours is like gross, trashy, like that, A British girl named Cece really jumped out. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm cutting that. Oi. Oi. Okay. She later canceled the tour. We said that already. She said, quote, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. It seems so ungrateful. I was drinking far too much, and that was kind of the basis of my relationship with this boy. I couldn't bear to be without him, so I was like, well, I guess I'll just cancel my stuff then. She referred to this period as her early life crisis. <laughs> so at this point, she, she ditches her fucking U.S. tour. So we think her first attempts at making it in the U.S. have failed. However, she's booked as the musical guest in an October 2008 episode of SNL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. When Sarah was on. Yeah. The tea. The episode, which included an appearance by the U.S. vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin, Queen. earned the program its best ratings in 14 years with 17 million viewers. Okay, but like, was that Adele though, or was that Sarah? It Palin? was. I mean, it was well, Sarah yeah, Palin, and she. See Sarah Palin, yeah. Then they got to see Adele, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit!" Exactly. So okay. the following so it was day, the best possible episode to oh, be yes. the musical guest. Oh, yeah. oh yes, because they're making fun of Sarah Palin all season. Then she's really there. Yeah, dumbass. The Trump was on the pinnacle oh, God, of no. Sarah Palin jokes. Yes, and then the following day, Adele soared up the charts. Yeah. So now people, she's discovered by all these U.S. people because they were all fucking watching Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin should be the next influence. <laughs> I can see Russia from my house. From my house. <laughs> my influencers are guiding Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I love Jesus. Ugh. No abortions. <laughs> Abortion. <laughs> um, the next month, Adele moved to Notting Hill, which is a neighborhood in London. She moved out of her mother's house and she stopped drinking. Can't relate. She won Best New Artist at the Grammys in 2009. Okay. In 2011, she releases her album 21. It yep. hit number one in 30 countries. So we, this is Adele. She's made it. She's a star. We all know her name. She's breaking records with songs like Rolling in the Deep, Someone Like mm. You, and Set Fire to the Rain. Those are the Stunning. three I was going to say. Yeah. These are the songs we all know. Like, oh, fuck. I, I mean, I, we can all think of all the intros to all those songs. I've cried to Rolling in the Deep. Dude, her... 25 album really makes me cry but before is that the one hello is on mm-hmm. yeah that's a sad fucking song mm-hmm. before she releases 25 she had to have laser microsurgery on her vocal cords but she made her live comeback in 2012 at the grammys she won in all six categories for which she was nominated including album of the year record of the year and song of the year <laughs> Do you ever wonder, so, like, 
that like so what happened to adele where she had to get vocal surgery that happened to julie andrews like what yeah. are these other artists doing like are they just not going as hard like what's the difference <laughs> between these, i like, think genetically mm-hmm. you know like 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 why why do some people need that and it's like you know like julie andrews had to stop singing because her surgery didn't Dude, go well that is you so know sad. Well, I think you're genetically like predisposed to have like t- like polyps on your vocal cords. Nodes. Yeah. Nodes, Nodes, yeah. Nodes. 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 <laughs> um, so Adele had a kid with her boyfriend, Simon Konecki. Angelo, is that his name? The baby? Yeah. No, I think it's Max. <laughs> so she later married Simon Konecki. Um, so she quoted how she's so happy to be a parent. But um, as of 2019, she's divorcing Simon. Um, she sent a cryptic tweet to announce her album titled 25, stating, oh. That's the baby's name, Angelo. His, I guess her baby's name is Angelo. I thought it was Max. Nope. Maybe she has more than one. I don't think so. T. Okay. She said, my last record was a breakup record, and if I had to label this one, I would call it a makeup record, making up for lost time, making up for everything I ever did and never did. 25 is about getting to know who I've become without realizing. And I'm sorry it took so long, but, you know, life happened. Um, She also believes that 25 will be her last album with her age as the title, um, saying that it would be the end of a trilogy. That said... Uh Adele recently turned 21, or excuse me, 31, (laughs) and on May 5th, 2019, the date of her 31st birthday, Adele posted a bunch of black and white photographs of herself celebrating and a message on her Instagram account reflecting on the year. The message ended with, quote, 30 will be a drum and bass record to spite you, end quote. Okay, so outlets took the post as an indication that the new album will be released imminently. And maybe it's going to be called 30, because that's what she fucking said. Um, So here's where I get into her recent transformation. She was recently spotted at Drake's birthday party, where everybody was apparently, except us. Um, (laughs) She had lost 30 pounds, or excuse me, 40 pounds. And honestly, like, really good for her. And I said this before, but she looks amazing now. She's always looked amazing. Yeah. Like, she's, I mean, she's just gorgeous. Um, She captioned her Instagram post, I used to cry, but now I sweat. And to me, that means that working out is more about her mental health than her appearance. Right. Which is a a much better message to send than, like, a fat phobic message. Um. And I also wrote, I'd like to add that her fashion sense is impeccable. She wears yes. a lot of Givenchy. She really does, and it fits her well. It looks totally. Stunning. And good for Givenchy for, like, actually creating amazing looks for plus-size women. Well, yeah, that was back to when um, Ricardo Tucci was there, not just Claire Ray Color. Yeah. Which is cool. So, I mean, we don't see that out of a lot of um, fashion houses, mm-hmm. to be honest. So... Adele is our fucking royal highness. She's our true queen of England. Does anybody have any final thoughts on Adele before I move on to our 90s icon? No? No. I Love like her. her. I'm ready for the 90s. Okay, class. This <laughs> shit slaps neck. This is like the new fucking level of 
queens. I had to... Cece, when you said 90s pop... When you said 90s icons... Um, I thought of this person immediately and I thought, well, if she's not doing her, then what, who is she even fucking doing? So I had to t- message Graham, shout out Graham. We know you're mm-hmm. not listening cause you haven't responded to any of our podcast messages. <coughs> um, yeah. <laughs> CC sounded so disappointed. <laughs> Very but, disappointed in you. Girl. Yeah. F- fuck you, brother. Okay. So... <laughs> I said I don't it, mean that way. I mean like a, I do. like a sad aunt. <laughs> um, I'm your angry cousin. Um, so I said, Graham, you need to find out who Cece's doing because, like, obviously she has to be doing this person. He said no, and I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, that said, she's another singer. She is one of the iconic pop singers of the '90s, and I I'm just gonna put it out there. Do you have any guesses? Britney um. bitch. Okay, it's Christina Aguilera. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, do you remember? Oh, you seem um, disappointed. When, when, when I think <laughs> 90s icons, do I think Xtina? No. When I think of like a oh. dirty 2000s vibe, do I think of Xtina? Yeah. Well, I think if the we're going to the 90s, you know, I would think more um, Britney, Madonna, Lauren Hill, those girls. Are you fucking... Xtina is wonderful, though. I love her to death. Lotus and shit like that. Dirty. Fighter. Are you calling me out on my timeline? I'm not. Because I'm about to school you. It's okay. Bring it, Brenda. <laughs> Bring please, it, Brenda. Please sneak emoji at me. You if you're on my on. side, please call in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Comment down below what team you're on. <laughs> like and follow and fuck you, Nicholas. Okay, though, the Loki... T- <laughs> Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I'm When I think of Xtina... Um, my most recent exposure to her was that movie Burlesque. <laughs> Please tell me you talk about that. I get into it like really briefly, but I know that you cool. you and I have watched that movie in my basement. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I have it on DVD. I love that movie. All right. Xtina, baby. Okay, the New York Times commented on Aguilera's vocal versatility. Quote, nothing less than high drama suits Christina Aguilera's voice. She can be brassy, tearful, sultry, gritty, breathy, sweet, or furious. She can belt and she can tease. She can aim a note as directly as a missile or turn its trajectory into an aerobic spiral of leaping, quivering, scalloping. Her voice is not an instrument for making modest statements. It's about peaks of self-affirmation, indescribable sensual pleasures, steely counterattacks, and abysses of sorrow. Dude, what the fuck? Whoa. I copy and pasted that, and I didn't read it before, so what a, like, passionate fucking journalist. Like, literally the stan of the century. Um, Look at Newt. How cute. Okay, wait. Oh, shit. Pick her up. I want to take a screenshot. Newtie, come here. Here, I have, to, I have to coax her with food. <laughs> she hates me. Damn it. So, uh, yeah, Pierre's literally hiding underneath his fuzz. Come on, Newt. Look at the camera, baby. 
<laughs> okay, that last one was cute. Okay, well, thanks, Newt. <laughs> we need to cut that. <laughs> Maybe we can put it on the Facebook, though. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll time So stamp. she, Christina Maria Aguilera, was born in Staten Island, New York City, on December 18th, 1980, to a musician and United States Army soldier. Her father is Ecuadorian, and her mother is a variety of white. Um, she had an early... St- <laughs> it was like German, Irish. I was like, this is Doesn't so not matter. necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, she had an early start performing, and she says that she began turning to music because her father was abusive, and she lived in a generally unstable household. Um, her parents divorced, and she moved in with her grandparents near Pittsburgh, NPA. Like Gene Kelly. Yeah, just like Gene Kelly. And Abby Lee Miller. Yeah, and Maggie Ziegler. Oh, yeah, and Chloe Lucasiak. Okay, we could go on and on. We love the ALDC. Nicholas is... Oh, Pierre. Nicholas is trying to pick up my little hamster. No, I'm just going to pet him. Keep talking. Okay. Um, Her... Yep. So as a child, Aguilera was drawn to soul and blues. Um, Her grandmother bought those records and would she would practice singing um this earned her a reputation as the little girl with the big voice in the neighborhood she oh, performed yeah. yeah she performed on a variety competition show called star search and she almost won then she made her rounds on tv performing for local stations as well as singing the national anthem for the pittsburgh penguins hockey pittsburgh steelers Pittsburgh Pirates and the 1992 Stanley Cup Finals. She fucking sang the what the national hell? anthem. Like she's doing the damn thing, and she's only 12. Um, she moved from public school to private school because she was bullied, which is like such a trope. Wasn't yeah. she like on the um? Yeah, she joined the, the Mickey Club. Mouse Club in 1993 with fellow cast members Ryan Gosling. Carrie Russell, Britney Spears, and Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Um, I was waiting to say Justin Timberlake so, and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I appreciate your criticism, but Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera came up yeah, at the same time. Yeah. T. Yeah, T. She moved around the world. Literally, she like lived in Japan for a minute, um, trying to get recording contracts. Oh my god, recording. Recording. <laughs> recording contracts. Who am I? <laughs> Not an English major, apparently. Ah, I have Ooh. a... Hey, who has a degree? Not me, bitch. T. T, 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 Just barely. Yeah. Um, and then she was selected by Disney to sing Reflection for Milan. So I've heard that. that. I've never seen Milan. Mulan? Oh, I wrote Mulan, Milan, like Italy. Oh, no, Mulan. <laughs> it's the one about the... The warrior. The Chinese princess. That was my mom's favorite Disney movie to show us because my sister and I, she was like, they need to see the powerful Disney princess. Yeah. Like, she freaking saves all of China, spoiler alert, from the Huns. She freaking... Holy shit. I never seen that. She's single, not single-handedly, but she's like the reason. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, essentially. I was all about Little Mermaid. I refuse to watch anything else. Can I tell you a part that happens in Mulan that everyone knows because everyone else has seen it except for you? But there's a yeah. part where um, when she finally, <laughs> she's like saved the emperor of China from all of the Huns. Like 
all of China bows to her. Like the emperor bows to like this common farm girl. And then and that's when they know she's China. a girl at that point. Well, when she does reveal that she's a girl, he goes off on her for an Im- impersonating an imperial soldier and all this stuff. But he says, but you've saved us all. And then he bows and then all of China bows. And you're like wow. crying because you're like, you- she's just a poor China, farm China. girl. It's so good. So it's you really story. know this movie. And I have the album, and there's like four songs in the movie, and the fifth song is the Xtina cover of Reflection. Good. Well, she was like pretty young, apparently. It was so good. It's so she, she sounds old, even when she's young. Wow. She sounds like she's 20, 20 something, thirty something, with how strong her voice. She is. she wasn't. She was definitely a teen. So good. So. After she sang this, she was noticed by RCA's producer, Ron Fair, who's apparently really famous, and she was signed to RCA Records. They rushed the production of her album in order to get Christina Aguilera in on the teen teen pop trend alongside Britney Spears. Um, They released the lead single off the album, Genie in a Bottle, in June of 1999. So she is a 90s icon. Um, the T, the, I said the T instead of the single, the T of it all. Um, it catapulted Aguilera to stardom, peaking on, oh shit, (laughs) a cover, okay, um, it peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and in 20 other countries. Um, and then she had a debut album that followed in August 1999 and peaked at number one on the Billboard 200, which I don't know the fucking difference. It was certified eight times platinum by the Record- Recording Industry Association of America. That's insane. Wow. The album or the single? What? The album. Oh, yeah, because the, the album charts 200. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. So she's a star. Just like Adele, she's made it. And at this point, Christina Aguilar is only 18 years old. Um, She's also huge for the Latin community because she is Latin. She released a Spanish language album um, consisting of the re-recorded versions of the tracks on Genie in a Bottle um, and several other original songs. It won Best Female Pop Vocal Album at the second annual Latin Grammy Awards in 2001. Like, go off. Yeah. Um, so she's huge. She's selling records like crazy. I'm not going to go through all of her records. Um, but here's some highlights. She attended the 2003 MTV Music Video Awards in August where she and Britney Spears kissed Madonna during oh. their performance like a virgin and it received considerable media attention. I know Nicholas has something to say about Madonna. So I, I sure do. go off, King. Well, yeah, while we're here, I was just going to talk about how, um, who hasn't been influenced by Madonna, first and foremost, all of these girls that we're seeing pop up today in pop music and mm. every other thing, like, as far as like we talk about artists having different eras and things like that. Madonna's Obviously, the, Nicholas has never Madonna's listened to the pop. The OG, but um, yeah, no, but yeah, I just want to take this, take a moment to talk about Madonna and talk about the '90s as far as they go for her. I mean, the Blonde Ambition World Tour, following like a prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that changed the game. They weren't doing tours and shit like that before. Then that was when she started wearing that um Jean Paul Gaultier cone bra. Yep. 
Which was a mm. moment. She got... Which was a moment that she brought back from the 40s. Literally. Stunt her mind. Yeah. Here we go. She's being... Who influenced that? Who knows? Someone in the 40s. Some big-tittied woman. And then we get... Yeah. <laughs> then we get her song Vogue from the... Um, yeah. I'm breathless soundtrack. Come on, reference or that. So that's influenced. When by I Vogue hear Vogue at the fucking like bar, Ugh. usually I'm the one playing. You it will on see me tunes. on the floor. <laughs> then we get Immaculate Collection, um, fabulous. Um, Justify My Love. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good stuff in the '90s. That's just the early '90s. Then we get into A League of Their Own with mm-hmm. um, Rosie O'Donnell was in that movie, I believe, and they were the. Women who play baseball. Ooh, go figure. <laughs> um, and then we get um, Evita, Erotica, her sex book, and things like that. Yeah. Then, too, right towards the end of the decade, 98, she releases Ray of Light, which was, yep. like, huge. And I think that's huge. why she's she's performing in 1999. Yeah. Or, excuse me, this is in 2003. Is when she's at the her, MTV. Yeah, she had, like, this new album it was... Um, She's American Life. That one didn't do so hot, but she had a song in there called Hollywood. Yep, they that's what they were performing. And like a version. And her and Brittany also had a song together, um, Me Against the Music. She popped up on that. So they kissed. They did. That was well, Madonna's always been crazy on stage. I know. Too, so. Didn't she make out with Drake or something too? She did, yeah. She's just always making out on stage. Um <laughs> so her. her, Brittany, and Madonna. <laughs> were all like the icons of the fucking century and they yeah. were kissing on stage like how cool <laughs> so obviously it received considerable media attention which is such a normal thing to happen at the fucking MTV music video awards like yeah. that's like the Robin Thicke Miley Cyrus thing and everything happened Kanye, there oh yeah Kanye, Kanye and oh, Taylor Kanye, Swift the Taylor Swift thing was there too yeah um yeah and his rant that went on for like 20 minutes um so she got, Aguilera got engaged in 2005 to a marketing executive, Jordan Bratman. Um, she had dated him since 2003. They married in November of 2005. And in 2008, she gave birth to her child named Max. So this is whose oh, kid yeah, is yeah. named Max. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2010, Aguilera starred alongside Cher in the musical film Burlesque. Love it. Oh, love Cher. We fucking love Cher. We love Christina. And we love this movie. Yeah. This is an amazing movie. Even though it was like, it had mixed reviews. Is this the Lady Marmalade? Yeah. She plays like a a waitress who quits her job and. (laughs) We're getting a lot of covers by Nicholas Santos. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, Romeo Paradise on the SoundCloud if you're nasty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> My latest song is like 160 streams, though, and that was like three weeks ago. I'm so happy for so you. So you tell me. See. Um, we'll see what happens. How much, are you, how much are we getting paid for this appearance? <laughs> I haven't even talked to my manager yet. He I gave you says, toast, and that's yeah, it. That's true. That was a good toast. Uh, well, okay. Um,. So she divorced Bratman in 2011 and started dating an assistant from the set of Burlesque, which is like an assistant's dream. (laughs) Um, His name was Matthew Rutler. They were engaged in 2014, and they had a daughter named Summer Rain, and they are still together. Summer Rain, that's really pretty. Yeah, Summer Rain Rutler. Like your candle, Autumn Nights. Yeah, which smells yummy. It does. Um, the New York Times noted that Aguilera's vocal performance was highly influenced by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, sharing that Aguilera has been one of the foremost practitioners of the overpowering Category 5 vocal style known as Melissima. 
Melisma? I don't sing. I don't know what. What are you talking about? It's a category five vocal style known as melisma. Oh, I have no idea. And Mariah Carey, um, Whitney Houston, and Christina Aguilera, to name three of its main champions, are most associated with the period from the late 80s through the late 90s. In 2003, Aguilera was placed fifth on MTV's Best Voices in Music Ever. Um, despite her tendency to oversoul or oversing yeah, a, a song. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, she could take it down a few notches. There was, like, some random quote that from this, like, producer who was like, I've been trying to tell you to stop doing these waves. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. Like, she was like, I, at some point I just had to stop the recording when she started doing it and said, you're doing it again. <laughs> oh, literally. Like, she, she was like, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> are we going to say that Ariana Grande is in this category now. Who are the other ones in there? Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and Christina Aguilera. Yeah. You think Ariana fits? Yeah. I don't think so. Ooh! Why? Because what did who did you just say there? You said Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Yep, and Christina. We're not. I'm not saying that Ariana cannot sing at the level of um, Mariah or Whitney, but she's she can get that same. Yeah, the range. Can, yeah, she can hit those pitches. Okay, well, maybe that's true, them? but I'm no, thinking, like, but... people who will be remembered. I mean, like, obviously no one's going to forget about Ariana Grande, but I no, don't but think No, but she that... will be remembered in her own right. She'll be remembered as, like... Yes. I don't know, guys. I think that she's up there with these guys, and we don't know it yet. Yeah, she has, she has well, the potential. I think maybe yet. Matures. Maybe yet, but, like, I, I can't think of a single song she's done that would compare to, like, the... I will always love you. Um, Tattooed heart. (laughs) (laughs) From yours truly. No, okay. So I honestly think that Ariana Grande is our generation's Britney Spears. Like, if we're talking about, like, major um, popularity. No, fuck Miley Cyrus. But if you're talking about the craziness and shit like that, though. Well, okay, I'm just talking about the level of popularity and the, like, like, her songs are timeless. Okay, yeah. And they they represent a whole like a whole um, era of music, I think. Yeah. And she has the ability to change, just like someone like yeah. Britney or Madonna. Yeah. Or Xtina. But that's just some tea. I really love Ariana Grande, so it's a biased opinion. Um, so our generations, Britney Spears be like Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce. Beyonce's She's a older. different generation. Yeah, but... She's like the two thousands. And then it goes, it probably goes Beyonce, um, Ariana Grande, and then Billie Eilish, who's apparently, like, in with the teens. Whatever. Kids Uh, these days. Yeah, kids. (laughs) Um, So, Christina's a legend. Adele is a legend. But who is the legend of all legends? Does anybody have any guesses based on the information we know and the fact that she wears winged eyeliner? Did you say Katy Perry or something? No, she's old. She's old. For the, is it still, is it older than 90s? Yep, she's dead. Ooh. Oh. I don't think you guys are going to know it. Uh, I think we Etta need more James. than we died. Oh. Who? At last. Woo! Has come along. Oh, Jesus Christ. What's the name of this SoundCloud? Over. <laughs> oh, my SoundCloud is for rapping. Thank you very much. This is acoustic. Work. Yeah, but what's it called? I'm looking J it up Romeo on Paradise. What was J it? Period, J period and then Romeo Paradise. 
like just like my stage name or whatever. I'm not endorsing. <laughs> yes, you are. This isn't a representation of the Geezy family. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess you just got a new follower. Yeah. Um. Woo. Uh, Love Ida James. Though. That's a good peg. Yeah, Ida James, stunning. Ugh. Like honestly, I mean. We'll see, but she's one of the best voices of all time. I re- at yeah. last is not an original that was song by Paul her; Amy's, it's a cover. Um, wedding song, the first dance song was that of James. I last, really, I, I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. So when it comes gorgeous. on in the so- in the car, I'm like belting it. Mm. Um, <laughs> this Aguilera once said, "Quote: Etta is my all-time favorite singer. I've said it for the last seven years since I had my first debut record out. In every interview, um, following." Etta's death in 2012, Aguilera was asked to perform at last at her funeral. Um, prior to the performance, Aguilera revealed, quote, there's a line in this song that says, I found a dream that I could speak to. And for me, that dream all my life has been Etta James. Um, she also, there's a lot of quotes. She also said, Etta James is a force to be reckoned with, a true gift to music and a woman of great spirit and courage. Her raw tone and the passion she put forth on a record spoke to me at the very young age and continued to influence and inspire me throughout my career. One, well, back in the day, these women, they didn't have um, social media. They mm-hmm. weren't auto-tuning their shit. Mm-hmm. They weren't having people come in there and write their stuff and produce them. Mm-hmm. You can make anyone a pop star these days. So back mm-hmm. then, you really had to have talent. The voice. And perseverance and, voice. and hard work. Exactly. The style. And this is a woman of color. And she's, like, making Literally. it. like I mean... She's doing soul and she's doing all this amazing stuff, but we'll see. Um, Adele also says her biggest influence is Etta James, and she discovered her music in a bargain bin at a local record store. Upon um, Etta's death, Adele wrote on her blog, What a lady Etta James was. She was the ultimate original. Her voice was breathtaking, and her songs are reflections we all recognize in some way or another. It's an honor every time I hear her voice. I saw her in New York, and it was something I will remember forever. Thank you, Etta James. So, obviously, this she's a huge, huge influence for both Adele and ex-Tina. Like, who knows who, if we would have had them without her. Um, she's, Etta is born Jamesetta Hawkins. Jamesetta is her first name. On January 25th, 1938, to a single 14-year-old mother in Los Angeles, California. Wow. Um, she later says that, like, they don't know her father. He's never revealed. But um, Etta says that she believes her father is a famous pool player named Minnesota Fats. Hot. Which is, like, a nickname. Um, she lived with a series of foster parents because her mother was gone a lot. Um, she began start singing at age five with a professional vocal co- coach named James Earl Hines at a St. Paul Baptist church. Um, unfortunately, he physically abused her, often punching her in the chest while she sang to force her voice to come from her gut. Um, wow. As a result, she had an unusually strong voice for a child, which we can hear, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at what cost? Um, she was also abused by um, one of her foster fathers who would wake her up in the middle of the night and force her to sing for his friends, um, and he would beat her if she refused. Oh, my God. Yeah, when her foster mother died, her name was Mama Lou, 
She was taken back by her biological mother to San Francisco. And here she listened to like a lot of doo-wop um, people and she was really highly influenced by that. And as a result, she um, formed a girl group called the Creolettes. Mm. Creolettes. Um, James Otis, who's a famous producer, discovered them and changed their name to Peaches and then changed Etta's name from James Etta to Etta James. Um, they released a single, and the song reached number one on the Hot Rhythm and Blues Treks chart. Um, its success gave the girl group an opening spot on the Little Richards national tour. <laughs> Little Richard? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is some cool stuff, a callback to the previous episode. Um, Elvis Presley was an avid fan of Etta. And they shared a bill in a club outside of Memphis. Um, she later wrote that in her autobiography that she was really impressed with Elvis's manners. This <laughs> Which is not everyone was. Like was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her debut album, At Last, was released in late 1960, which seems late, um, and was noted wow. for its varied selection of music from jazz standards to blues to doo-wop and rhythm and blues. Um so following this, James became an in-demand concert performer, um, though she never really reached the heyday of her early mid-60s success. Her records continued to chart in the R&B Top 40 in the early 1970s with singles like Losers, Weepers, and I Found a Love. Um, so sadly, she suffered from a heroin addiction in the 1970s, which got her into a lot of legal trouble. Her husband... Artist Mills, whom she married in 1969, he accepted responsibility when they were both arrested for heroin possession, and he served a 10-year prison sentence. Whoa. Um, yeah. That's he was time. released from prison in 1981, and he was married to James um, even when she died, so they were married forever. Um, she went to a psychiatric hospital instead of prison because he was in prison, um, she went to, she kind of got off because he took responsibility. But she was in and out of treatment centers for her whole life, um, battling addiction and dependency problems. She was very sad. Um, in 2004, Rolling Stone magazine ranked her number 62 on the list of 100 greatest artists of all time. And in April of 2009, at the age of 71, James made her final television appearance performing at last on Dancing with the Stars. Oosh. She, yep, that's what I said. She was diagnosed with leukemia in early 2011 and the illness became terminal and she died on January 20th, 2012. So that's pretty sad. Uh, we love her. She's an icon, a fucking icon. An icon. And she went from zero to 100. Like, she did it all herself. Like, she was born to a single teen mother, and she survived abuse, and she became a, the, one of the most successful singers of all time. Wow. Um, and she inspired people throughout generations. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Um, <laughs> the Beyonce movie. A Beyonce movie. Cadillac Records. She plays out of James. Oh, yeah. I didn't write that down, but it oh. was in the... Um, Good thing I'm here. I also wrote, just as a sum up, 
Eyeliner has a long legacy, and across the board, it seems to be popular with performers and with expressive people in general. It's a staple for Enneagram 4 types who tend to be sensitive, dramatic, and creative. We gotta draw the attention to your eyes, that makes yeah. sense. Which apparently includes me, because I love <laughs> eyeliner. And you're good at it, too. Um, my sources were Wikipedia, MTV, and um, a, one quote from an article on True Self, which I don't even know what website that is. My sources were Wikipedia when I talked about Madonna for a little bit. And his own and musical my own library. Yeah, and vocals were by me. Yeah. <laughs> raw, live, unfiltered. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's the fucking problem, but we won't yeah. get into it. Yeah. Um, Cece, any, like, anything you have to say before we, like, actually, do you have any, like, announcements or anything? Oh, my gosh. I've just fallen into a hole now of, like, <laughs> women with eyeliner. And it started with oh, yeah. Etta James. And y'all, I I get what you're saying. Where, like, at her more messed up times, Amy Winehouse's <laughs> wings were sloppy. But I'm seeing I, some yeah. pics where they are perfect. Mm-hmm. Because someone else did here for it. Um, I, I mean, some days I yes, have some bad But I'm also days. seeing a lot that are, like, they're wings, but they are, they're not winged. They've gone blobby. <laughs> like Cleopatra. Not Cleopatra even. is credited as like one of the first women to wear eyeliner wings, but hers are like square on the ends. Yeah, and it's cold. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a fucking, it's Egypt. It's yeah, ancient Egypt. Just, yeah, it's like <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Pick up a NYX liquid it's, liner? <laughs> okay, literally, it's. I mean, it's like not the. It's not the general idea, but it's like close enough, I guess. I guess for some people. I have bad eyeliner days. I just throw on a huge fake eyelash, and then no one can tell. Perfect. You know what I mean. So, I want to say thanks to my cousin, Nicholas. I want to say thanks to you guys. This has been enlightening, wonderful, um, engaging, interesting, educational, and fun. Do you have any final words to say to our our, um, listeners? Um, As far as the 90s go, I don't think we could... It's really interesting. We're seeing a resurgence of all these kind of 90s trends, styles, aesthetics, values, and things like that come back around. Marc Jacobs... Did that Redux grunge thing from when he did his collection with Perry Ellis. Um, and as Lauren much Hill as... Lauren is still touring today with... True. Um, the Miseducation mis- came out like, 98. Um, as, I mean, ugh, as much 90s. as we want to hate on Billie Eilish, she's doing the whole Missy Elliott trend. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like baggy clothes yeah. and doing the whole damn fucking designer. Um, yeah. Like, actually, I don't know. Like, do you know? Do you have any information about that? Like, when she wears LV, is that custom made or is that fake? Um, It's not custom made for her by Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Or it might be, like, menswear pieces and stuff like that that Virgil's doing. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not... Um, custom. Gesquier, yeah, regular one. But um, also, speaking of designers and things like that, let's talk about Aaliyah just for a moment. Okay, go um, ahead. When we talk about the 90s and people who are influencing other people, Aaliyah. I mean, all these girls, Beyonce, Aww. Ari, Brandy. Oh, yeah. Everyone has been influenced by Aaliyah. Rest in I peace, think... baby girl. Yeah. But the real, tra- the, the real, let's get into it for a second here. The real tragedy with that whole story is that her uncle owns the masters for her um, last two albums. So the mm. only one that were available to stream is um, AJ Nothing But a Number, which is it's a great album, but it's produced and written, co-written by R. Kelly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I don't want to listen to that. It leaves me with a dirty no. taste in my mouth. But the only way you can listen to um, One in a Million or um, self-titled Aaliyah um, 
You have to like you have to like buy used ones on Amazon and shit like that. Well, when is, is really he upsetting. gonna die? And Literally, who does it go to thing. then? <laughs> who knows? But it's but then too, Elias started a lot of trends recently now with like Logomania. Yep. Um, she was like one of the first like black artists to like land a contract with like a major fashion house, and she was doing um Tommy Hilfiger stuff. He was doing custom shit for her, kind of like the Tommy's and Daya collection we see now and stuff like that. And um, she's just dope as fuck. Yeah. And she's awesome. And her her last two albums, I own them. I've listened to them. They're incredible like they're phenomenal but you can't stream them so it sucks i think what this means to me is that we need to have nicholas back on for a fashion episode like fully oh, fashion I, w- I would love that mm-hmm. like because well, the next met gala mm-hmm. is going to be um oh, kind of like some time traveling yeah marie antoinette so, shit and yeah. i would love to talk about her oh yeah because you can into okay let's study up you oh, write yeah. a, a research you do some oh, research I and write that, yeah I'll, i can be prepared for that okay tea. Stop my shit up um, we also have to say a shout out to Noah again because he said happy Halloween. And Haley. Alonzo. They both did? They both did. They're the These only are our most loyal Haley. listeners. Oh, I love that. Um, hi, that? shout out, motherfuckers. Do we know We're not doing life? it anymore. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you don't know. Anyways. Um, we love them. We love you. Whatever. <laughs> Call, in. Call in, you guys. No, Call Alonzo. In. Call in. We're waiting by the phones. That's Jesus. not funny anymore, but I'm not I mean,. Stopping. Um, I love it. I also asked um, Noah to be on the pod today, and he said no. Not that you were a second choice. Yeah, okay. But I was like, (laughs) I don't remember how it happened, but he said no. So, ouch. We would have had so many uh, special guests today, a four-person podcast. Five if you count Pierre. Oh, my God. And Newt. (laughs) Well, Pierre has been here since day one, baby. Yeah. I mean, OG. since second one, he's here. He's our OG. OG. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's still in his little house because he's, he's afraid of us. <laughs> he's editing. So. Pierre, our editor. <laughs> actually, just kidding. Shout out to Cece. She actually fucking edits the podcast. Yeah, shout out to Cece. Shout out to you, Cece. Oh, major thanks. shout thanks, out. Thanks, you guys. And major shout out to Cece's new bangs. Oh, love them. <laughs> the the fringe. Really yeah, fringe. Dude, I can't. And um, I gotta say, I'm like really excited for you to cut it yourself. That's gonna be fun. (laughs) I'm not. (gasps) Bad Mondo. Okay. At home bangs fail. Do we have anything else to say? Oh, follow us on Facebook, like our page, look out for our Instagram coming soon. And if you're in the Mm -hmm. greater Madison area, look out for Haley on the roads. Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Talk about a driver, let me tell (laughs) you. I'm very safe, and I actually I never fucking claim to be a good driver. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. no, she's a fun driver. I like it. I mean, it's like a ride. That yes, That's, um, it's like a car ride. Yep. Shut. Okay, thank you, Nicholas. You can stop talking. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We loved you on the podcast, but get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Um, I'm canceled. I've been let's canceled. wrap it up. Okay, okay, okay. What do we say? Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening this far. If you've made it this far, I'm tweet the shit out of um, this make some requests. Out. We always love that. Um, oh yeah, we yeah, love requests. In. Except Akon. I'm gonna do Akon if you don't do Akon. One of these days, I'll work. Noah in. can do Akon. Yeah, yeah. Noah, you can do Akon when you come on the podcast. Yeah. Um, do we have any? Um... Okay, let's have our special shout out be. Would be Saint Nicholas. Ooh. After our special guest Nicholas, if you're here till the end, you can 
uh, get in contact any sort of way and say St. Nicholas, and then we'll shout you out. By the way... Call in. Yeah, call in, St. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> By the way, shout out to our listeners. Apparently, we have listeners um, in Egypt and Australia and America. Which is good because wow. we're always talking about Aussies. So We're really always talking about Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah, let's say good morning to our listeners in Australia. Ah, good day. Uh, recording it now at 9 p.m. What time is it in Sydney? Frizzy. Frizzy. Oh, that's... Like you're finally doing a British accent. No, I was Australian. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I'm keen. Fuck. Okay. Goodbye, right. everybody. Yeah. Good night. Goodbye. Good morning and good day.